I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Hey, Chris. Hello, what's up? Not much. May the grace of Delta Rokai be with you. Delta Rokai never will die. <laughs> Happy Pledge Week. That's what they say, right? <laughs> and welcome, listeners, to the first week of our sorority slasher series. Ooh. So all throughout May, we'll be talking about various slasher film gems that revolve around college sororities. It's going to be a fun month. Hell yeah. Uh, we have some great high camp thrills coming up. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to be starting out with an absolute treat from 1984 called Drumroll. <laughs> the Initiation. Uh, before we get started with that, uh, Chris, have you watched or read anything particularly exciting or infuriating this week while being holed up? Um, well, I uh, I rewatched a movie called In Dreams from mm-hmm. like 98, 99, and it's uh, with... Annette Bening and Robert Downey Jr., uh, directed by Neil Jordan. And uh, I had seen it when it first came out on VHS, and I um, I don't really remember much about it. And having just watched it recently, I, I don't remember much about it this time either. <laughs> so one of those, yes. I don't know what to say about it because it looks really great. I mean, it's uh-huh. beautifully shot, and there's a lot of really great scenes and stuff but i it just it it didn't do very much for me this time around i I think i remembered it being a little bit better than it was i don't know okay it's It's kind of a supernatural thriller right yeah it's like um annette benning's kind of like a psychic and she has this sort of premonition that this girl is kidnapped by a killer and then it turns out to actually be her kid and and then from there, it just kind of just starts getting really, really weird. There's all this stuff about, like, an apple orchard. I, I, I don't know. It's just weird. It's, hmm. it's so fucking bizarre. But, it, like, it's kind of cool, though. I mean, so, like, I sort of recommend it in a way just because it's kind of neat. But it's just right. it, the script could have probably maybe used a few more drafts. I don't know. It just yeah. sort of doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Anything with Annette Benning, you know, is going to be worthwhile in some well, way. Well, right? I mean, she's phenomenal. She's yeah. she's and and she she really gets to go nuts here. And so it's basically just her like screaming at, at everybody like, "Get your fucking hands off me, you bastard." Like it's so it's so great. It's so much fun. <laughs> she just goes totally nuts. Nice. It's heaven. The like psychic angle kind of reminds me of um, Sam Raimi's The Gift. Which it's so sort of yeah yeah because okay. that that was what like two thousand two thousand one yeah yeah right around something there, like the that. Now that's there. a great movie. That's a it great is. one. It is very underrated. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. And cool. uh, so besides that, I've just been um, I've been watching Frasier for the first time all the way through. Nice. And um, I had a weird moment where I realized that I find um. Mahoney, who plays Frazier's dad, very cute. <laughs> and he's, what, like 60s, 70s something here? And I'm like, right. what is what is going on with me personally Yes, at this particular moment in time? <laughs> but he just has this smile where, like, his entire face just lights up, like, especially his 
eyes. You know, he's got the the smize, as Tyra Banks would say, and it's just it's just so cu- cute and sweet. I'm like, oh, right. it's, just, it's so adorable. He like, is oh. maybe just the oh. perfect uh, mature bachelor for this quarantine era maybe that we so. live in. I don't, I don't he's know. just comfortable, you yeah. know. He's just like nice and sweet, and so that's yeah. that's been what I've uh, I, I've been dealing with this uh, particular week. So, how about you? Nice. Well, you know, after our introductory episode, I went mm-hmm. and I rewatched Sleepwalkers from 1992, yes. which was yes. your, uh, it wasn't your guilty pleasure pick. It was, uh, no. we, it just came up, I think, earlier in the discussion. But, right. man, insane. Oh, uh, totally How nice. did that movie get made? I no just, idea. there's like werecats with incredibly mm-hmm. arbitrary superpowers. There's yes. like that grody mother-son incest that you mentioned. Uh. And like a like super molesty teacher played by Glenn yes. Shaddix. Yes. Uh, who, if people don't know who, who he is, he was Otho from Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. And like as, Heathers. as you point, Yeah, Heather. As, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And as you pointed out last week, uh, someone in the film gets stabbed and killed with a piece of corn on the cob. <laughs> I, which I, I think defies all logic. I yeah. don't think that's possible. I, that That's definitely one you're not going to see in every movie. No, the, the quantum mechanics there are a little fuzzy in my head. Uh, Crazy. And I appreciate that it was then followed up by the quote, no vegetables, no dessert. That's the rules. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it is just, it is high camp. It is melodramatic as hell. Uh, Brian Krause and Medkin Amich are just both damn sexy oh, as heck in this movie. They're uh, so gorgeous. It's and impossible. And if those ne- names mean nothing to you, listener, uh, Brian Krauser, Brian Krause was uh, Leo Uncharmed, and Medkin mm-hmm. Amik was uh, on Twin Peaks, and she's Twin recently Peaks. been on Riverdale and lots of other things. Um, and still looks amazing. She, oh, she's so gorgeous. Um, yeah, but I, I just I don't understand how that movie got made. It's like... Uh, the studio just gave Stephen King and Mick Garris like a bag of money and said, yeah. "Go do your thing." It it was like Don Mancini with Seed of Chucky, kind of. You know, it's like exactly. how did these movies get made? It's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, I guess the the '90s at that point was kind of a weird time for the genre. I mean, because you didn't. But besides maybe Candyman, there there wasn't much because. Everything else that was coming out that was sort of horror-ish was, you know, the 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 psychological thrillers. Right, so right. it's like you, I, they didn't really quite fit in, and so horror was just sort of it was just in a very strange place. It, it, yeah, it is. It was, it was very yeah, odd. thrillers and just a string of bad sequels or i, I don't yeah. know maybe some of them are fine i just yeah. but like uh children of the corn nine and things like you know it's just I, like God, so much yeah. going on it, uh, it was very like i i think that was the time of of uh, like the sort of straight to video era where like right. everything was kind of not going theatrical now it was just kind of going straight to video and and so things had kind of cheapened a bit but i mean there are some really good films with within within there, but in terms of theatrically released horror films, it's like I can't really think of many besides Candyman, Sleepwalkers, Hellraiser three, maybe. I, I it's right. like it was just a um, weird time. Like the yeah, early nineties were strange. I like Jacob's Ladder. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Exorcist three. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Very few, though. It yeah, was there's, a... yeah, really, just like a handful. That were, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh. besides that little gem, I also revisited. Uh, I told you the Hitcher from 1986. Oh yes. And I had not seen this movie since I was probably a teenager, and man, 
It's so good and so gay. <laughs> it's it's very gay. Like, it is unbelievably gay. Just every... the unsub subtext in like every single scene. Yeah. Is like, it's like, are they gonna fuck? Like, yeah, what's exactly. Going on? <laughs> like... Like any scene between Redger Hauer and C. Thomas Howell is just like dripping with innuendo and sexual <laughs> yeah. tension. And and I think it's really easy to read this movie as a gay panic film. And of course, oh, yeah. I, I read every film as a gay film, but yeah. this movie in particular. <laughs> Like, I would rank this, like, just below Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and Fright Night in terms of just, like, these mainstream horror films with, like, very homerotic subtext. Definitely. Uh, and it just got me thinking about, like, some other road horror films that kind of have similar vibes, like Spielberg's Duel, which I went back and watched. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a great one. Uh, Joyride, we talked a little bit about. Joyride and, um, is the shit. And, like, even Jeepers Creepers, though I don't want to talk too much about that one because Victor Salvo is such a, like, creep. Uh, yeah, that's the tricky part with yeah. that that one. I, I, I have thoughts about sure. that like i think the first half is really great and then i sort of loses me once it becomes kind of a creature movie and i'm sort of like uh yeah and I then agree. like you have the the psychic who's just kind of like randomly shows up and it's just, right. it just gets really ridiculous but the first half is genuinely kind of brilliant and i hate yeah. to say it because he's such a disgusting piece of shit but i know i know i and it is I mean, actually kind of good. It's essentially a road thriller, like the first half. Oh, yeah. And I think like, oh, yeah. it is, like in a lot of ways, it has so much shared DNA with, you know, Joyride and uh, uh, The Hitcher. So Absolutely. That, I think that's what really grounds it. But like you said, like in the second half, everything just goes supernatural bonkers. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, yeah, it goes out the window. It's just um, not as effective, you know. Yeah. But yeah, these like kind of road horror movies have been weirdly comforting to me recently. And I think it's yeah. just because I've been like trapped inside for so long. <laughs> right. So it's, yeah. it's like weirdly comforting to watch people <laughs> be like, I, I don't know, stalked and murdered on roads. <laughs> at least like, well, out of the house. Yeah, I mean, at least yeah. out of the house, yeah. Uh, it It's an interesting time. We might have to talk about some road horror in the future. We'll see. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than those two, a uh, little bit of Tales from the Crypt. Just kind of yeah. getting back into that, uh, which is great. Oh, um, it's the best. I love that show with all of my heart. Yeah. Do you have a favorite episode or anything? Favorite? Oh, shit. Um... My favorite episode, uh, the scariest one t to me is is one called Television Terror. I think it's season two, and it's a it's like this sort of tabloid um, talk show host who just decides to stage a show at this right. supposedly haunted house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he thinks gonna gonna be fake, and it sort of turns into um, an actual haunted house, and it's just really creepy. And uh, season two actually had probably most of my favorites. Um, there's one that I love, though, that I think it was season five or maybe six, uh, where a woman who's an artist is married to a guy that owns a soap company, and she kills him and then body in the... And it turns him into soap and she decides hey i'm going to use him to uh to shower with and then uh it turns out that because there's acid in humans uh it sort of like eats through her it's so weird it's so bizarre hmm. but it's yeah. fascinating yeah i'm gonna have to go back and was like watch that one that one it's it i've got so many though it was just a great show yeah so many gems there's uh, so much fun yeah we're gonna have to Maybe we could do some, uh, we'll see, but uh, some sort of like mini-sodes about some of these like anthology uh, Oh, yeah, I'm episodes. totally that game. Fun. That would yeah. be a blast. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, well, that was good. Uh, so before we dig into the initiation, uh, could you mm -hmm. give us a little plot synopsis? Mm. 
It's about a college girl named Kelly Fairchild, best name ever. Had the best and, name. Um, and she's been having these weird dreams that kind of look like um, uh, Lucille Ball's close-ups in MAME. Like, they're all sort of Vaseline-coated and gauzy. <laughs> and uh, there's a storm out outside. Kelly is a kid. And there's a fire going in the master bedroom. And she walks in to see her parents having sex. You know, tr- traumatic. Traumatic. And, uh, and so because of this, she stabs her dad with some scissors. And then some random guy walks in and is like, hey, what's going on in here? And uh, Kelly's dad pours some booze on on him and sets this guy on fire and uh and so then kelly wakes up from this and we discover that she's now a young adult who's trying to pledge a sorority delta rokai and her pledge master megan uh has it out for her because i guess like she's rich and stuff and and um and also because her boyfriend i guess andy wants to bang kelly and uh kelly's other friends are Marsha the Virgin, Allison the Slut, and Beth the Irrationally Angry One. I don't really know. She <laughs> doesn't have that much to do. Right. And um, so they've decided to have their prank night at the shopping mall that Ke- Kelly's dad owns. And uh, and that's all well and good. But someone, someone has broken out of the nearby mental asylum and is making their way to Kelly. Um, but before the co-eds can be sliced and diced, Kelly has to find out what her recurring dream actually means by going to see a smoking hot TA mm-hmm. named Peter, who is convinced that her dream might be a repressed memory instead. And Kelly's mom, who is this like super sad, waspy drunk... Um, shows up and is all like, leave my daughter alone, and lets it slip that Fairchild is not Kelly's real last name. So the plot thickens and er everything builds to the big night where Kelly and her pledges sneak into the mall to get the night watchman's uniform. But the killer sneaks in with them and there's a massacre, an absolute orgy of violence. (laughs) And then we find out the big twist, which I don't know if I should give it away, but I love it so much because it's so great. I love it. (laughs) It's so Maybe crazy. We'll, we'll throw out a little spoiler warning here if you're okay, yes. uh, listening. But yeah, why don't you go ahead? Because we're going to get into it. Spoiler. So the twist is Kelly has a twin sister. <gasps> it Shock. is unbelievable. And so she is actually the one who stabbed their dad, who's not really their dad, but the guy that their mom was banging. And their real dad is the guy that was set on fire. And he's kind of the killer too, but maybe not. Mm. I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure if he's doing most of the heavy lifting but he's kind of along for the ride you know because he's a he he is a good father i think yeah. he does deserve that you know good job that was a great synopsis thank you that was fun that yeah. was very fun so now let's get into our little s-c-a-r-e scare discussion yes uh let's start with s for story and setting and uh since right. you did the synopsis let me give a few things here for my thoughts um I love a university set slasher film first, mm-hmm. um, and there aren't too many great ones. I was trying to think, like, that I really love totally. anyway. You know, Black yeah. Christmas, uh, Scream 2, uh, Hell Nights, um, kind of Night of the Creeps, even though there's so much going on in that movie that I don't really associate sort it with of, that. Yeah. But uh, a Killer Party, yeah. Uh, are there any other ones that you really love? Um, well, this is... Uh, <laughs> I might get some shit for this, but I like Final Exam. Oh yeah. Um it's sort of like it's sort of on like the lower tier of the slasher mm-hmm. world but I I just find it very charming. I'm trying to think of any other uh Girls Night Out's kind of cool. I like that. 
Um, but yeah, there, there's not really that many that are really, really good. Yeah, yeah, really high quality stuff. Um, and it's it's a beautiful campus in this film. Um, there oh, aren't, gorgeous, yeah. Yeah, aren't a ton of like shots of the girls like actually on campus? I guess it was filmed at <laughs> Southern Methodist University in Texas, so shout yep. out to them. Uh, if it's still still there, I assume it's still there. <laughs> I think I, it, it probably is. Yeah, and then in the second half of the film... Is mostly set in that great multi-level shopping center, mm-hmm. which I love because it allows for each kill to kind of have a different setting. You know, yeah. there's like the plant store kill and the Christmas store kill and the furniture store kill. Yeah. And they're almost like mini escape rooms. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like as featured in the 2019 film Escape Room. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it reminds me a little bit of like Chopping Mall as well. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. So fun. And, you know, as for the plot, you know, it's fun. Albeit super contrived, uh, yes. But I love the whodunit mystery angle and that whole memory loss and coma subplot is very melodramatic and soapy, oh, totally. a la totally. Days of Our Lives. And I kept very waiting for like so. Susan Lucci to pop up any moment, and demand her <laughs> Emmy. <laughs> and then like that evil twin plot reminds me a bit of like Blood Rage. Uh, oh, totally. Even though with like Blood Rage, I guess you kind of know pretty early on what's going on whereas yeah, this one it's like yeah. oh evil twin uh yeah, yeah and, then, and then i kind of thought that the dreams and nightmares story bit was very timely given that this was the same year that nightmare on elm street was released yeah um even though they didn't end up really end up doing a ton with it like it was kind of implied that maybe there was something supernatural going on early in the film but then that never really came about but yeah it, there's one thing i'm gonna get to at some point that sort of like it just sort of comes up and it's never addressed again sure and it's it's that thing where um kelly has just had like uh one of her dream analysis things you know yes, yes. and she goes into the into the restroom and she just randomly sees herself as a kid behind her and it's like a weird sort of psychic bit and then it never ha- happens yeah, again yeah i'm like what was up with that guys like, that was very strange and weird. like uh, heidi was like really big on that originally and we'll get to heidi because oh she's god, perfect heidi, <laughs> heidi oh my god like she was really big on that kick initially of like oh there's something psychic paranormal going on so yeah like and you want to trust heidi because she's so brilliant but then like nothing ever really she, becomes she knows her that. shit yeah <laughs> uh but yeah, that's just kind of my general thoughts on the story and the setting. How about you? It's got a lot more meat on its bones than most movies like this. You know, there's yeah. a lot going on. There's like, there's all this stuff with the kids. There's all this stuff with the parents. There's all this stuff with the dreams. There's this stuff at the mental hospital. There's just so much going on here. And I kind of appreciate that because it's sort of, it's not just like, oh, well, we've got a bunch of kids Let's kill them off one by one. There's actually some attempts at character and plot. The twists actually make some sort of sense. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It, if you go back, everything does sort of add up, which is pretty rare for something like this. True. So it's pretty well thought out. And, of course, the setting, I mean, a shopping mall slasher movie is just a a dream. I mean, it's it's just so perfect. Uh, it's, it's just so, great. so it is delightful. Yeah, good thoughts on that there. Uh, and then we get into our C, which is for characters and cast. Yes. Uh, Daphne Zuniga, come on. She's so charming and demure. She's uh, delightful she, in she, this. And she's... I think I had only seen her in Spaceballs before this. Uh, oh, God, I love her in that so much. Yeah, she's so good in that. Uh, and if anyone doesn't know, she plays uh, Princess Vespa. Yeah. In there. And, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, and I think that's largely why the killer reveal works in this film, because she sells it so well. She comes to life. The character of Kelly doesn't have that much to do. Like, it's not a very, like, rangy kind of a part. It's a pretty good part for a slasher film. But once she comes out as the twin sister, who I don't think has a name, I'm not sure. I, I can't I remember. I think I saw Terry, just on the Terry? wiki page. Oh, okay. Which I think is also the name of the twin in Blood Rage. So That's interesting. what I was about to say. Yeah, what's <laughs> up with that? That's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, she just comes to life and she has a line reading that I think is so great where where she's like, all these years I've been watching you. And it's like, it's so great. I, I, just, yes. I love it so yes, much. Yes, yes, yes. And you said this earlier, but like I love the name Fairchild. You know, it's so, oh, so hoity-toity. Great. Like, sorry, dear, I'm having brunch with the Fairchild it's tomorrow. It's the Fairchild. Right it's after my birthday. colonic at nine. Yeah, yeah. It's so, and, it's so ridiculous. And like every time they show that that Fairchild mansion of a house that looks oh like God. it's like straight out of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And like, yeah. I, I, like every time I see those columns on screen, I just think of Cher from Clueless. It's like Isn't my yeah. house iconic. <laughs> like. The columns date all the way back to 1972. <laughs> I just want to know where exactly they live because it, there, there's one scene where Kelly's like driving up in her car. Convertible. Yeah. 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 And there's this random person just on a horse in the <laughs> middle of the road. And I'm like, where the fuck do you guys live? Exactly. I have questions. Yes. It's so weird. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Peter, the very hot graduate assistant, oh, God, as you brought he's up. Yummy. Uh, played by, I guess, James Reed, which I had not seen Reed, him in yeah. too much, I'll say. I guess he was in yeah, Beaches, he was, right? He was in, uh, he played L's father in Legally Blonde. Blonde. I think I just saw that, yeah. 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 But yeah. he is, like, dreamy as hell. Right. Um, I, I'm not sure, like, in this sort of post-Me Too world, like, is their relationship, like, is it sketchy? I can't decide. I'm true, like, is this true. something we need to talk about, or is the fact they're both like really into each other and he doesn't seem like he's that much older than her so it's like is there really a power dynamic here i, I don't know that's very true yeah but i support it because they're both really hot and yeah I think hot people should just get together that's right. cool i like that and let me tell you they did not make him like that when i was an undergrad or grad school, they did so. not everybody Man. that i had as a teacher was just sort of stuffy and yeah. not really and he has really, this kind of yeah weirdly like macabre vibe every once in a while just with some of his lines reading like yeah. uh, there was one line I wrote down that's beautiful all the classic dream symbols mom dad fire strange men and I'm like <laughs> how is that beautiful bro <laughs> yeah. he's like really into this I'm yeah. like I don't know if I don't know about that dude yeah. it's kind of, like hmm. you said there, there's a possible kind of weird power thing there and I think that you know is he attracted to her as a person, or is he attracted to her yeah. as a test subject? I think it's a combination exactly. of both. Like, I, I don't know. Is it a, a person or a project? That's yeah. what we need to discuss. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sketchy. I don't it know. is. It's, look at that. This movie has so many so layers. So many layers. Yeah. It's like an onion. Uh, you just God. keep peeling it back. Yeah. Man. Oh, and then I guess we have to, you know, talk about the MVP of this film. Um, oh. Outside of your Miles, which we will get to. But oh, Heidi. Of course. Of course. Heidi. Research, assistant. <laughs> Yes, and so she's played by Joy Jones, and never has an actor been as aptly named because she is a Joy indeed. Indeed. And, you know, she kind of looks like uh, Barb from Stranger Things. Yeah, that's what I wrote down too. And I think Barb kind of stole her thunder. I think so. The problem here is that Heidi literally solves the mystery of this entire film. And she gets zero credit for it. None. None. I, I don't even think Peter says, hey, thanks, Heidi. I couldn't have done it without you. Right. He just leaves. 
just right. leaves, and she just has to grade his fucking papers. <laughs> I am so mad. And I'd like to know what Heidi's up to now. I, I too. I, I think we should get a spinoff with her just like the Heidi Chronicles Ugh. and it's just her solving mysteries every week not getting any credit for it and she's just still in that basement grading other people's papers and just you know it would be just be great it would be so, so great yeah uh, Netflix get on it please come on Ugh. this is a perfect programming opportunity yeah, she's so great. She's just one of those people I'm like, I would have been best friends with this girl in college. Yes, she's uh, so likable. And where is Joy Jones? She should be a star, yeah, damn it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I love she's great. Later on in the film when she runs in with that like, newspaper article and she's like, she's yeah. got a big scoop and she just has to yeah. share it. And uh, it's just such yeah. a like, she's such a Velma from Scooby-Doo character. She is. She totally who also is. never gets her due. No. Uh, and, yeah, so perfect. The um, girls in the glasses, they just never get, they never get the credit they deserve. They never do. Ugh. I'm over it. I'm over that. Damn it. Justice for Heidi. Hashtag. Fucking patriarchy. Uh, bullshit. I'm done. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, well, should we get to uh, the queen, Vera Miles? Vera Miles. Just uh, dripping with class. Mm-hmm. I, I, she, I I love that she's just basically drunk through the entire yes. film. I could watch that woman it's stare so into a mirror great. with an oversized wine glass all the day. The wine glass. Oh, my God. Thank you for bringing that up. This wine glass <laughs> is like the size of my head. She's basically just wearing really cool hats. <laughs> that red and, hat. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, and like these bright red power suits. And demanding to speak to every manager in the world. It's great. It's right. wonderful. So she doesn't have a lot to do, but she but she makes the most of what she has. For and sure. I like that she really seems sort of game for everything. Because I guess this was right around the time she did Psycho 2. And she was very game in that, too. Because yes, of, 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 of course, as I'm sure many know, she is... Uh, killed in that by having a knife stabbed through her mouth <laughs> right and, right and i'm just like i wonder what she thought when she read that script like oh boy this this is great this is so much yeah fun. i think she just reached that point in her career which is like bring it on She's you like, know? whatever uh, yeah i like even if she just did this film to uh, you know for a paycheck like she yeah. is there for it and she constantly really yeah she's just constantly pouring wine and i i love it and i love that she's the one who gets the kill shot at the end of the film. oh it's so great i mean yeah. it's like this like post menopausal heroine i love yeah. that yeah, it's yeah. so cool and like she a- actually does get a pretty good character arc i think that's very hard to find yeah for sure with uh right right like the just the fact that she has to kill her own daughter at the end yeah. essentially, you know um even though this is a character we've met for like two seconds like it's yeah. all very sad that it's uh, like a greek tragedy yeah just, once again though those layers the right, layers right. of the initiation who knew who knew? it keeps on giving yeah yeah and then you know otherwise just like you said i i think there's a lot of great chemistry between especially the sorority sisters in this film oh yeah I, they're yeah generally they generally feel like real people albeit extremely campy over the top people but definitely uh, uh and they all kind of have individual personalities uh, that kind of applies to most of the characters even ralph who just wants to be a comedian god damn it and okay. so Th- sad what's weird is that most of the characters don't get a lot to do until like right until they're killed true true <laughs> and it's it's like 
all of a sudden we find out, oh, they were molested by their Why? violin, violin teacher? teacher. Oh no, yeah. Um, his dad doesn't want him to be a comic. Like what? This this is getting a little bit real, guys. Yeah. And then they're killed, and it makes it so much more powerful because you suddenly really love these people. And then they're just, like, brutally murdered. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I liked him. I liked I her, you know? You want this it's ragtag crazy. group of kids to, to find their dreams. But, yeah. alas. Oh, people should take notes. Because this this is how this is how you do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the people to like your characters. And you've got them for life. Right. Now, yeah. Megan. Mm-hmm. How old is she? Good question. Because, um, you know, she's a very attractive woman, mm-hmm. um, but she she looks like she's about 10 years older than most of the girls. I don't know what's she going on. Does. If it's like this, like if it's the styling or like the makeup, I don't know what's going on. But she she looked like she was more like the house mom. I was like, what's what's <laughs> what's going on here, guys? Very true. We never very meet odd. the house mom if there is one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there one? I don't think so. Oh, hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Mysteries, oh. mysteries again. The layers, more mysteries. Yeah, yeah. the layers. Where's yeah. the house mom? Right. Did you have any other thoughts on the characters? Um, I I like them all. I'm yeah. uh, the, I think the 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 most fascinating one to me is the character of Beth because she doesn't really do anything um right. until like right before they're going to leave and she's all of a sudden like, hey y'all, I'm not gonna do this. This is a stupid prank and we yes. are grown women. And like she kind of like turns into like Julia Sugar Baker for a bit. And, yes, yes. And she's just like, this is stupid. I'm not gonna go. And you're a bitch, Megan and stuff. <laughs> and so she just like stays and then like the next time you see her, she's just totally naked in the shower. I'm like, so I guess she just stayed back so they could have like one more tit shot. I don't know. It's right. so weird. Yeah, is she She's the one who has that, that line with a "You're fucking crazy." You know that Megan? Yeah, complete wacko. They lock yeah. you up in the zoo. Like I love that. I'm like Megan's like she's kind of a bitch, but I don't think she's crazy. Right? <laughs> she's not exactly insane. Yeah. Like <laughs> a little more on Megan, please. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? So oh. I'm fascinated by Beth. I want to know how she turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's just a very odd character yeah so many questions i love it yeah. let's oh, move God. on to our artistry then yes artistry uh, what it, well, you you can take this one here oh uh, well you know i like i said i think the script is surprisingly strong especially for, sure. for something like this which is you know basically just a co-ed slasher flick but there's a, a lot of stuff you know there's a lot of stuff going on the characters have a bit more to do than most of these kinds of movies um I kind of think why this movie is still sort of obscure and sort of less known is that, you know, it, it does sort of skimp on some of the gore, I guess. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, the, the death scenes aren't always the most creative, I guess. And right. uh, the movie has kind of a lack of style. Like it just sort of looks very, um, workman like, and like, there's not a lot of passion put into it, but one of the directors was let go pretty early yeah. on. Yeah. So I'm thinking that they got some guy to come in who didn't really have the same passion. And he just kind of went through the motions. And that might be why it's it's not exactly the most, like, stylized movie. And while there there's not a lot of great effects, I think some of the kills are pretty nasty, though. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Allison's death, I think, is really mean. And it's it's just the idea of her being on that intercom thing. And it's just like she's screaming and everybody can hear it. And she's just, just getting stabbed and stabbed. It's really nasty. For sure, yeah. Um, I like that and, uh, uh, bow and arrow one, too. That um, was kind of cool. It reminded yeah, me of uh, like that. Valentine. Uh, yes, with, uh, yes. I can't remember who. It's uh, I can't uh, One of the uh, cast members gets... Uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Lily. Yeah, I think, I think was the yeah. name. Yeah, I that don't know right. why I know that. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was her. That are up there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, I will say this though. I also like that the killer wears disposable gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting for this time yeah some of the early kills kind of had like kind of a little bit of a jollo gory it's very close up kills yeah 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 Yeah. and i guess also maybe that's why this isn't as well known or well loved because the killer doesn't really wear a a disguise because it's more of a whodunit so i guess there's there's not like a sort of iconic costume you know which i think a lot of people seem to like with with slasher films and the, i appreciate there's there's a lot of good like red herrings in this film you know oh yeah there's like the jason randall escaping from the asylum her dad and then yeah. uh like there's that scene where someone's peering at kelly creepily through the closet i think it was andy oh my um, god that fucking douchebag yeah and then the, the the frat boys of course you know are led into the department store which then is like <laughs> are one of like is one of them the killer and then like yeah. shots of kelly being like completely normal right before uh she uh, ostensibly kill someone it's it, it there's yeah. a lot of good like build up and uh, uh intrigue with that i think oh i love it yeah. and oh i love the um the, the the there's a a lot of moments in this with like these like really random sort of like shock cut zooms to like the most random things mm-hmm. like uh dolls or um there's there's one that i think is like a buddha statue i think it's just like this random like shot cut and it just like zooms in like right. really re- really fast. I'm like right. that's so bizarre. Yeah. It's just it, like weird little touches like that. Yeah. You know? And you have to wonder like, you know, which of the directors made that decision was yeah. original or yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's craziness. And uh and and then I thought even that like final killer reveal scene was shot really well, I think. Um It was. For this period of time, you know, it I I was not very distracted by the fact that you know uh that uh, Daphne was playing two different people. I think they shot Mm-mm. it very well, though, where it was fairly yeah. seamless. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was really well well made. Yeah. And this is, of course, like pre-Lindsay Lohan in The Parent Trap, so... Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> where we're getting into our really special <laughs> effects heavy you know, uh, approaches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, a really nice kind of lo-fi way to, to pull it off. For sure, for sure. All right, and then we get into our R for Revelation. Uh, Revelations. I don't know why I just that just randomly turned into Oprah. I don't know why, but I don't know. <laughs> you get a car and you yeah. get a car. <laughs> you get a revelation. Yes, yes. Uh, so my first one, of course, that fucking penis costume. Where do you buy that? I, I mean, I, I, I kind of want one. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a great conversation starter at parties. You yeah, know? I like that. You're with Ralph Bonner. Better known to friends and enemies alike as the boner. The boner. Oh my god! What <laughs> is just, that? Just what is me. that? Is so oh stupid. Me. I'm like, what in the hell? Yeah. Come on, Ralph. Oh. But he he redeems himself later. Yes, but he does. first impression, I I I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I right. Really. And like, what 
fraternity, I, I, I mean, I kind of love it, but like, throws a come as your favorite suppressed desired party like yeah, uh, very high brow yeah I like that it was it was interesting like why weren't the college parties that i never went to that cool <laughs> yeah no like there was nothing like that when when, when i was in in school it was just yeah. sort of like just come dressed as you are yeah or like wear a toga or something you know yeah nothing was like, like that boring high concept for sure no um, and then some like thought yeah and then that uh bizarre like snm bondage tarzan costume that andy had on with like the chains and i i was just so confused by this <laughs> that character though is just like for some reason megan is like so obsessed with him and he's just a complete goober like yeah, he's just yeah. like like he he kind of talks like sort of like don knots a bit like he's kind of like this he's like hey everybody <laughs> it's me andy right, right i'm like who is wanting to fuck this guy yeah, i don't get it yeah like he's a total dork i did appreciate his leopard print underwear later on in the film it was fun <laughs> yeah, it was fun that was, a that fun was touch. interesting choice and very I fun touch I, I will say while there is a lot of gratuitous nudity in this this film, I thought they yeah. did a fairly decent job of evening that out. You know, there was yeah. a, a, a good amount of uh, male nudity in this as well, um, or at least partial male nudity, I guess. Yeah, um, it's implied. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, but I I do love like it's just so gratuitous. Where um, I think it's the character of Allison. She's in the mall and she's like oh that that that's a really cute outfit in the window and she just goes and takes off her top shows off her tits and then puts on this random shirt yes yes and i'm like because everybody would do that that's that's really smart right that's this right. absolutely needed this was important information that had to be yeah. in the film right <laughs> great idea allison great idea you're a real winner yeah and then i don't know the only really other of course, it was the bonkers killer reveal that we already talked about. Uh, Unbelievable. And yeah. I thought it was interesting because they kind of make you think it's going to be high, like a high tension deal for a while there. Yeah, where yeah. it's like, is this kind of their split personality? And uh, then it goes in a completely different direction. I just I really appreciated that. Yeah. It's, it's, um, the twist actually surprised me. I'm going to say it. Yeah. Like the first time I watched this, me too, yeah. I was genuinely surprised. And that doesn't happen very often. So... I kind of I think I love this movie mainly because it, it actually pulled the wool over my eyes and it does it in a way that actually makes some kind of sense. It's it's not just like as you said high tension where if you try to think about think about the twist after it's revealed you're like wait a second how did she do that and that and how was she there at the same like what right. the fuck you right. know yeah. so that kind of falls apart but this one actually kind of makes sense true 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 in, in its own weird sort of soap opera way which is interesting because it seems like everybody involved in this went on to be involved in soaps i'm like that makes perfect sense that does yeah it makes yeah. perfect sense yeah, I think a film like High Tension works better on a thematic level than it does on Definitely. A, like a practical level, whereas I think Definitely. this reveal, uh, you know, I don't think it's trying to say anything big, but it is. No, it, 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 no. it does surprise you, though, and I think that yeah. is worth it. And I think for a genre like this, where you get so many crazy kill reveals, like you said, that maybe don't always make a lot of sense, like it's interesting to have one that right. was kind of built in from the start and does kind of make sense if you follow beat it by does. beat in the film, so... Yeah, I was I was very impressed. Yeah, that was not nothing. very impressed with this. Yeah, um, did you have any other revelations? Uh, well, the character of 
Marsha, her whole scene towards the end where they're um they're all kind of having some drinks and stuff. That and... Alice in Wonderland tea tea party. Yeah. yeah. Was great. And she she gets a little tipsy and like the entire time everyone's like, Oh, Marsha, you're such a virgin. Like right. you should just have sex and stuff. And she's like, finally like, I am done with this shit and she's like, you know what? I'm not actually a virgin. And she yeah. just goes off about how as a kid, she was molested by her teacher, and it's like this crazy scene that comes out of absolutely nowhere. Right. But it's actually really well done. <laughs> and I'm like, this actually is – I wish there were more scenes like this in slasher films because it, it just makes her a real person, and it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, like true. what? This true, is true, crazy. True. And it just really makes you feel for these people. And it does. I, just, I love that. I it was does. very su- surprised by that. Yeah, it was nice that a lot of the characters had at least a little beat um, yeah. of interest, uh, like we talked yeah. about earlier. And uh, I love that. Even though it was very out of the blue with her. But sometimes yeah. that can happen in real life when you oh, know, yeah. get some drinks in you. You never know what's going to come out. Oh, you know? shit. Uh, yeah, if I had a dime. I mean, yeah. my God, you know. Sometimes even like deep buried stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so good for them. Yeah, like you said, for doing something a little different there. Yeah. Uh, cool. And then our final one, E, for evaluation. So, like, mm. what's your overall just take on this film after this conversation and watching it again? Well, personally, I loved it. Yeah. And I wish there were more slashers like this that actually fo- focus on the story and the characters more than like the the guts and the tits and stuff because I just think it makes for a much more memorable film and like I guess it would be nice if maybe the death scenes were like a bit more suspenseful or something but sure. but I think I'll I'll take a well written script any day of the week over you know just a bunch of style and stuff oh same yeah and um and so I recommend this very highly. And if you don't like it, you are a poopy head. Very well said. Very well said. Yeah, I think that uh, I agree. Um, uh, I, I think people throw a bit sometimes when they're like, "Oh, there's a slasher coming out that's like PG-13," and I'm like, "I don't yeah. care if." There's not a ton of blood. Like, it's nice. Okay, yeah. it's, it's cool, like, when they get really interesting with the kills and everything. Right. Like, as long as there's a good story there, like, that's exactly. great. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I I think this is a really solid slasher as well, and I think it's uh, pretty underrated. I don't hear people talk about it too much. I think yeah. um, hardcore horror fans are aware of it, but I don't know if a lot of people in general have seen it. Uh mm-hmm. I love all the soap opera melodrama and hijinks like we talked <laughs> yes. about. And uh, I think we both love a whodunit mystery. Absolutely. Which is great. Um, I remember the last time I watched it having some issues with the pacing in the second half of the film. And this time around, for some reason, I didn't. I was kind of with them the whole yeah. time. So. I, I think the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And I don't know if a lot of it needs to be going on. And But now, like, I think knowing the twist... It's like everything kind of makes more more sense, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's why they have that one scene there. Because if they didn't have that, then someone would ask, well, wait, what about this? So it all kind of a- adds up. But it's just at the time you're like, wait, why are they doing this? Like, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we talked about, but just really uh... – solid characters uh i mean a little underdeveloped but underdeveloped but that's very typical for this subgenre and at least they oh, yeah. each get like a beat like we talked about and um, exactly i really appreciated that because that's not always always the case um and a lot of times when 
the kills start happening in these films, like all character development kind of goes out the window. Whereas this film exactly. kind of bucks that trend and is like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. this character can run for their life, but none of the other ones are going to know what's going on. So they still get a beat to have uh, conversations and everything else, which is nice. Yeah, I love that, that, you know, it, they really don't have any reason to be super concerned. Yeah, so I think we both give it a thumbs up here. Go Hell check yeah. it out. Uh, the initiation. Support our girl Heidi. Yes, please. She needs the love. Yeah, uh, she really does. Um, I'm so waiting her. on that I Netflix love her series. So much. It's, it's gonna happen. I love her so it's, much. <laughs> man, it's gonna happen here. <laughs> She's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I had a couple quotes from the film that I liked a lot too. Uh, there was Megan's problem isn't cellulite. It's you, Kelly. She's suffering from acute hemorrhoidal discomfort, rendering her a royal pain in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) Great line. So ridiculous. Uh, who was it? And then there was that one from the girl at the party who was like, you see, professor, it's like I have these abnormal sexual desires. It's like, if I'm not getting it every night, I'll die. (laughs) But my favorite is when um when he's like i think you should take two aspirin and go to bed and sh- and then she she's like with whom yes <laughs> i think that's, that's something i had forgotten too about this film like there are just so many good yeah. little one-liners in here and i'm and always about a one-liner in here like, yeah there's actually some pretty well done little bits of comedy yeah um, i kind of like that yeah for sure um i think that always makes films more rewatchable because you catch Absolutely. up those little things like that and that's that's great i love that stuff yeah well that was that was a great discussion about the initiation that was fun. Um, i'm looking forward to seeing what else we get up to this month with our oh yeah slasher series because there are so some many good doozies out there yeah there really are yeah i can't wait for everyone to find out mm-hmm. uh <laughs> to close up this episode and all our future episodes at least for the time being we thought it would be fun to do a segment called overlooked gems Woo. <laughs> because Chris and I are all about the underdogs and oddballs. Amen. So at mm-hmm. the end of every episode, we're going to each recommend a horror film that we feel is generally underappreciated or overlooked. Um, it can be, yes. it may be a film from a big studio with a big budget or maybe a tiny indie effort. Uh, you know, whatever floats our boat that week. Um, so what was yours? You can start. Uh, mine is The Fan from 1981. Mm-hmm. And it stars Lauren Bacall as a Broadway diva stalked by the very sexy Michael Bean. And uh, it's very gay, very campy, lots of musical numbers that make no sense with, with it within the context of the show that Lauren Bacall's in. It's it's just – it's wonderful. Uh, it, it, just, it just got a really great release from Scream Factory this past November, and it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. So – I say check it out. Oh yeah, that, that's a that's a good one. Um, it's really fun. Yeah, it's uh, cool. Mine is uh, Body Snatchers from yes. 1993, and this is the third film adaptation of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the novel. Um, although it is generally my least favorite of the three adaptations, I think it's still worthwhile and generally underrated. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially, I think when you take into account like what was going on in the 90s zeitgeist with all these government conspiracies and extraterrestrial yep. cover-up stories, with uh, you saw it on like the X Files and Roswell and Men in Black, uh, yeah, etc. So I thought it was really kind of smart to set this film on an army base um, because it kind of taps into those feelings of public mistrust. And um, I'm also just kind of a sucker for a dysfunctional family, mass paranoia, small towns, like all all the uh, buzzwords for me. So that's great. What's weird is that I have not seen a body snatcher movie that I haven't kind of liked. Same. I don't know why. Same. It's like they're all kind of at least 
watchable. Yeah. I don't it's not like yeah, well, I think what they, is up with that? They all kind of bring up interesting uh, ideas about conformity and identity yeah. and uh, just things that I think as queer viewers in particular that we are drawn to because a lot of us are yeah. sort of the weird kids and the nonconformists and Exactly. I think that kind of builds this fear in our head of like, you know, this is kind of scary because this is our lives. You know, we are trying not to become part of this uh, single-minded organism that's taking over. Right. Um, Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. uh, Body Snatchers movies, they're all great. Uh, Spoiler alert, but we're going to get into some of these later on. We will. Uh, And it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be great. I'm Um, so excited. Oh, and then of course, uh, if you need another reason to watch this film, Meg fucking Tilly. Meg Tilly, who turns in the most bone-chilling performance, uh, probably, like, it's got to be, like, in the top five or oh, ten. Oh, for sure. There is this monologue that she gives, like, once, she, once, like, uh, once she's been turned into the, uh, the pod person, mm-hmm. and, uh, and she's just so still and so calm, and it is, like, it just, like, the, the pee just, like, runs down my leg every time. Yes. It's so scary. Right. And I think she deserved an Oscar for it, but that's I just d- me. I, I, yes, I do too. It's very like, there's nothing you can do to stop this. So just yeah. get on board with it. And again, I think as a queer yeah. person, that is horrifying. Like it's be- so scary. It's just she's so calm. Yeah. Like it's just it it it's not like this like crazy like <laughs> we have you all. Oh, no, right. you're going to die. Yeah. Like it's not like that. It's just so calm. Mm-hmm. It's like she's just reading the instructions of like a microwave. Like it's just so calm and like mundane and it makes it so much scarier it's so creepy she is such an underappreciated just horror legend i mean psycho 2 one dark night Uh, she did that carmilla episode of nightmare classic she's so great why can't she come back come back meg we love you i know you're you know doing all your writing stuff and that's great but we love you and we need you to get back on screen please wonderful and of course if anyone is not aware she is uh the sister of uh the queen jennifer tilly oh god see my dream is that they have a talk show and just call it thoroughly modern tilly oh my god it's perfect it's perfect i would watch the shit out of that that. oh thoroughly modern tilly you better like trademark that idea right now because that is so good I mean, I almost hope someone takes it just because I want it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need the credit for it. I just would, would really like for it to happen. Right. Like in any form. A talk show, a reality <laughs> yeah. show, a, a Broadway podcast, musical, a podcast. Anything. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Just something. Oh, Get I'm those so into that. Kelly girls together and we're, <laughs> oh, we're set. Man. That's going to get me through this week. Thank you. That's just just the dream of that is going to get me through. Oh. Man, man, my man. Yeah, I, but, I got dreams. Yeah. So, yeah, check out The Initiation if you haven't seen it. And, uh, Please do. Then check out a couple of these, our little overlooked gems if you get a chance to. Because, yeah, uh, I think it's on Prime, right? I think it is. Uh, the Initiation? I think so. Is it? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Um, I was able to track down the Arrow uh, uh, release, and it looks great. Oh, it's a it looks great fantastic. release. It's um, fabulous. It's got that sort of, like, new world pictures like grimy look Mm -hmm. because like all all of their films had like the same sort of weird grainy kind of look that i just i just love sure i love new world they had the best shit yeah i feel so spoiled by these releases um i do too i i would have never guessed like 10 20 years ago that these would have these like spiffy new 
re- releases with all these special features and right. it just it's unbelievable meanwhile listeners we still do not have a drop dead gorgeous release god <laughs> damn release. it <laughs> motherfuckers uh, i am so mad i am bitter as fuck right Ugh. come on people it's not that difficult i mean come on right Ugh. Ugh. but we will get the petition mm. started and uh get that out to you all soon <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But in the meantime, uh, thank you for joining us for this first yes. film episode that we do. Uh, thank you very much. And now, go eat your vegetables, because no vegetables, no dessert. That's the rules. 